Final hour of the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And it's our pleasure to welcome back to the show ESPN Seth Walter. He leads up their analytics department. And uh, Seth, interesting uh, interesting couple days for you. You literally wrote an article four days ago for ESPN.com titled uh, something along the lines of how fourth down decisions actually work. Um, and lo and behold, here we are. Dan Campbell in the spotlight, not shockingly, uh, considering the coaches we're talking about here for his decision-making uh, against the Lions. So uh, congrats on your prescience, I guess, is where I would start. Thank you. Well, you know, it's just, I mean, odds are there's going to be a fourth down conversation and it does, when big games are played, and it certainly, it certainly happened. Uh, it's, it's not new, but it's going to keep going. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Okay, so... Let's just get right into it. Most direct way I can ask it. What did you make of Dan Campbell's decisions to go for it on those two fourth downs in the second half yesterday and why? I think that in both cases, they were effectively toss-ups. So when you look at our numbers, they show a super close decision. Uh, in both cases, we narrowly, narrowly preferred going for it. So I'm talking 0.3%. Uh, to go for it and 0.2% to go for the first one. So really close calls and and close calls too, if you look at another way we like to look at it, it would be the difference between the break-even percentage, the percentage required uh, to, to convert in order for you to justify going for it and what we expect them to have. They were super close. So right on the on the edge. And to me, that means either option is acceptable and there has to be that situation. I think we criticize coaches a lot of times for punting typically when we say they ought to go for it. Had Dan Campbell kicked in these spots, that would not have been a situation where I would have criticized because it, because it was so close, but the same has to be true the other direction. Uh, and I do think that ultimately we shade that way. And I will say this, I think that the, People often say, well, does the model take into account this? Does the model take into account that? And there are certainly factors that are outside the purview of the model. And that's why that's why I say when it's close, okay, well, maybe there's something that the coach can justify one way or another. To me, the biggest thing that we're missing here is, is kicker-specific stuff, and that should right. have only led the Lions in an outdoor game with a below-average kicker. That should have only led them more towards going for that's exactly what I was going to ask. So can, and, and you, I'm going to ask this specifically and, and uh, you can answer as generally as you want in answering the specific question, but like how much of personnel does a model like yours factor in? And I guess like the one B to that, that's actually kind of the more important question is like, how different are the numbers that Dan Campbell is looking at and that his analytics people are looking at that might fact, because like, they, the analytics people that work in the NFL don't go to ESPN.com's analytics site and be like, oh, this is what that. No, they do the math themselves, and they might have slightly different formulas. So how different are the formulas that Campbell is considering versus, say, what you're looking at? So, okay, a couple of good questions in there. How different? I don't know. Uh, I, have, I have no. There's no way for me to know what, exactly what the Lions are looking at. I will say the Lions, Dan Campbell, they tend to be one of the most optimal organizations when it comes to game management. They hug very close to what we we would say are the correct decisions most of the time. Uh, he's in the conversation, I would say, for best game management coach that in that in that way or best fourth down coach. Uh, 
are there factors like that that could be considered that would be outside the purview of the model? Yeah, yeah, and and could it be even game plans or sorry, game specific? Right? Could you have a situation where you say uh, we're going against this opponent? Um, they have a really weak run interior, so maybe that's going to push us a little more one way. Or, uh, but their their corners are, I think, kind of have the advantage over us. So if it's fourth and long, maybe we nudge the other way. Those are reasonable factors. But if you are factoring those in, and I think this is important, that has to work in both directions. A lot of times we hear coaches give this explanation of saying, well, you know, the analytics guys, the analytics folks said, you know, we should go for it, but they don't usually throw them under the bus, but they might say, well, you know, given, given X or given Y, I decided to punch or kick. What you never hear, and I think what you have to hear is, well, the folks upstairs, they said numbers-wise we had to punt, but I just felt like we were running all over them. So I said, we're just going to go for it. And we're going to we're going to we're going to run the ball here. And and you have to be willing to have that error in both directions. There's also limits to those errors, so that's why a lot of times it's like we'll say, okay, the break-even conversion probability is like 38% say, right? And we estimate that your chance to just real quick Seth for the audience. Can you can you kind of give us a two-line definition of that break even uh, Right. So what when I say break even, what I mean is uh, the the chance of conversion in order to justify going for it. So let's say you're facing a situation, it's fourth down. We could say you need at least a 38% chance to justify going for it. Okay? Now, we ESPN might estimate that you have a 50% chance of converting. There's no world where you can justify, I don't think, that 12% gap. Like you can't, you, if, it's, if it's really close, you could say it could be one of those things. Our, oh, our, our tackle is out. Oh, their corner is playing really well. But if it's a big gap, I just don't see how you, how you can justify going for it. And, and, but, but again, coming back to Detroit, these were small gaps. I think either option really was justifiable. And I think that the criticism of – so because there's been so much criticism of Dan Campbell, I think that's been misplaced. Um, obviously, like in some ways, these models factor in everything because you're taking in all of the data from all of the games and you're not – like you're kind of relying on, on the mass of data to ultimately even out some of these intricacies of individual situations. Um and I think that's like another interesting factor here, right? Like your model has incorporated results from bad weather games, from indoor games, from, you know, tackles being out, tackles being there. Like your model ultimately does all of that. Um, I know one thing that we've talked about in the past is like kind of that game feel stuff, the, the strategy, the momentum. Um, and, and is there like, how, how does the model account for, let's say the first decision that Campbell makes, you know, there it's fourth and short, uh, relatively short. I think it's fourth and three on the 28 yard line. And they have a chance to go up three scores. Like I know that there is stuff in the model in terms of like win percentage, or in the models, I should say, in terms of win percentage, that that ultimately help inform that decision. So I guess what I'm really asking is like, what what kind of data is Campbell considering as he considers going for it versus not in a situation where a lot of the traditional analysis revolves around go up three scores at this point in the game. Yeah. So yeah. So that's the fourth and two from the from the 28. They're up 14. Yeah, fourth and two. Yeah. yeah. Left in the third quarter. Uh, you're right. Yeah, you could look at it sort of simply and say, hey, we can go up three scores here. And there's value in that, but that is baked into the model. So the model is looking at the situation that's uh, saying, uh, okay, what's the 
What's the probability we convert if we go for it? What's the win probability if we convert? The win probability if we fail. And then again, what's the probability win probability if we convert the kick or and win probability that we miss the kick weighted by the probability of making the kick? I do think it's really important to say you cannot guarantee there was no guarantee you were making that field goal, right? It right. was a, it, right. It's a 46 yard field goal uh, outdoors. So uh, probably you make it, probably, but you also might not. Um, it's all baked in. When we come down, when we when we say 90.5% chance to win if you go for it, 90.3% chance if you kick, that is all baked in the, the, the positive and negative outcomes. When it comes to momentum in your question, right, the sort of game feel, what I would say about momentum is I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying no one has ever shown any evidence that it does. Like people have tried to show – I'm open to seeing evidence, but I, I, am, I haven't seen any yet. So if, if someone's out there and they want to prove it statistically, then let's see it. But to your point, when we – past games had momentum too if that existed. And so right. – in some ways, you could say that's. You can, in some ways, you could say that's that's baked in. Um, but again, I show show me show me it's real without just like hand waving that the belief that it is real. No, I hear you. Seth uh, Seth Walter is our guest uh, from ESPN. He heads their analytics department, and this is like this is where I struggle. And I think a lot of people that play like I believe in analytics. I believe in numbers. I believe in data. Um, in a major, major way, I thoroughly enjoy our conversations and having you on and, and reading your work. And like, if I was a head coach, I would rely so heavily on data. But like, if you like, the reason we all love sports uh, is because of like the emotion. And and I think there's a huge psychology element as well. And and I'm I'd be curious if anybody could study like kind of that intersection of like because my best um, my best retort, my best attempt at playing like devil's advocate to the momentum thing would be like there is a lot of psychological study about, you know, something that would kind of be a cousin of momentum in terms of like fear and anxiety and what's happening within the brain and the body on those lines and how a group can move towards one and why, like, that's why you get like, Oh, leadership is so important because you can change that momentum and you can dispel those fears. The problem I guess is when you bump into analytics is none of that is quantifiable. Um, none of that is in any way measurable, even if all of us as human beings have experienced it as part of the human experience in or outside of sports. I think it it should be quantifiable if it's real, though. So like when with momentum, right, people say, OK, what causes momentum? Like a, say like a, a big turnover. Right. Uh, or right. I think people say, oh, that's a momentum. So, like, for instance, right in the in the game yesterday, you have the IUK catch off the helmet. Like it mm, felt definitely. like the game swung on that moment. Your model's not going to go win percentage Niners way up at that moment because there's no score change, anything like that. But I think those everyone watching it is like, wow, that's such a that's such a moment, you know? Oh, dis- wait, hang on though, disagree. The win the win probability moved dramatically because they completed like a fifty yard pass. And sure, so fair. Yeah, yeah. I think typically what happens is people are saying momentum. When they mean is the last play just changed the win probability significantly. And so like if momentum's real, right, then after a turnover, we should expect that teams win more than their win probability suggests, right? Mm. Like or they should score on the next ensuing drive more than they more than they otherwise would. 
but we don't see that. And so if, if there's a, if there's a psychological component, then it should bear out that if we can predict it, right? Can we say in the moment before it happens, it's going to happen. So I think people just tend to mistake momentum, which should be essentially like future win, win probability. It's almost like a, a derivative of win probability saying like you're, it should be higher than expected going forward with what actually just saying, Oh, win probability just changed significantly. Right. So there's a huge play. Maybe that was due to a tactical shift. That's the thing that actually changed the game, not some nebulous momentum. Like the, the win percentage changed and because of a big play, because Kyle Shanahan figured out what Aaron Glenn was doing on defense. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, say that again. You're saying that the win probability so like, changed. Like when we talk about like the idea of momentum versus uh, some like big play, like one, the big play, the 51 yard gain changes the win probability because yeah. it's a 51 yard play that sets them up in scoring position. But also sometimes like what is confused as or what you're saying is what is confused as momentum might actually just be an upward trajectory in the win probability for one team based off of say an adjustment a coach made where now each play they're having more success than they had before but ultimately over time it's not going to outperform the the model if you will because it's not some psychological momentum thing it's it's actual an actual difference on the field in the plays that are made i see what you're saying i don't know i'm I know what what I was trying to say is more just that what changed was IU caught a deep ball. And so that yeah. moves the win probability. And that's that's it. The Lions had a 73% chance to win after the IU pass, right? Which was a big drop from 84% or something like that right before. What I'm saying is at that moment, they had a 73% chance to win. The Lions did. Someone arguing for momentum would argue that they had a lower chance to win. And so that's measurable, I think. If we can identify plays that are supposed momentum swingers, then teams should win more than their win probability suggests. I haven't seen that demonstrated anywhere. I think I, I'm open to it. But until until it happens, like I think our default should be that win probability is win probability. Right. And right. so if the Lions come back and score the next drive, then your momentum changing play is, is dead. And that happens far more often than I think people – would want to admit. Uh, by the way, one more question for you real quick on yesterday. When Harbaugh went for it inside his own 20-yard line in the other game, in the AFC game, what was was that was that a smart move? Because that felt insane. And then we forget about it because they get it and they just continue marching on and ultimately they lose the game for other reasons. But um, that felt crazy at the time. And I just, since, since you uh, probably were paying close attention to that and might have had the numbers in front of you, I figured I would ask real quick. Yeah, so this is down... 10, fourth and three at their own 18, right? Yeah. With 847 left. Yeah, so we supported that move. That was a um, that was a go for us. Uh, I think that I'm so glad you brought it up though, because because they convert and they lose. So I haven't heard anybody talking about that play today until you until you mentioned it. Right, and right. I think it just goes to show this sort of asymmetry of the situation we have, right? Like where they, I mean, if they had failed and they lost, then are we talking about, are we talking about that today? Like, is that running on all the shows? And that just shows because we are not measuring 
We are trying to measure the decision, not the outcome. And so much of what determines about what gets talked about is the outcome. And that is a mistake. So uh, yeah, that was a good decision. It was probably controversial because they get it. Everybody just moves on. The drive continues. I do think about one last thing here, which is that when this is the asymmetry, I think, that causes fourth down blowback, which is that if you convert a fourth down, the drive just continues. And so like the biggest play of the drive has yet to occur because like later they will go score a touchdown or later they will throw an interception. And so that's the big play. But when you fail the fourth down conversion, then the biggest play of the drive was a failure. And so it seems like the fourth down is is so catastrophic. And that's why we end up talking about fourth downs only when they don't work. Right. And in that particular case, like you go for it, you get it, you still lose. It doesn't guarantee anything, which I think where people get really twisted. Right. It's like there are, it's, it's all percentages. And, you know, uh, a 55 45 is a go, a go is still 55 45 go, but you're going to be on the wrong end of it 45% of the time. And that's still going to feel like a lot. Um, but that's, that's the game. Is that uh, last question for you, Seth Walter from ESPN? is our guest. There's been a lot. We don't need to name names unless you want to call anybody out in particular. Go ahead. Um, we, I, I kind of in the business of I don't give people starving for attention attention. But there have been like, you know, thought pieces today on analytics and all this, you know, just people trying to take their pot shots. What to you is like the biggest miss on the, the narrative today? The biggest miss on the narrative. By the way, while Seth thinks of his biggest one, if you want a couple of really good ones, uh, you can head to his Twitter page at Seth Walter. Highly recommend doing that. But what's for the for the radio audience here who might not have Twitter? Here's the mistake I think a lot of people make, which is they say, you know, oh, zero point three percent. That's not enough to justify going going for it instead of the default kicking. There is no default, right? First of all, like. Every time you're making a choice, kick, punt, go. Those are your three options. And when, num again, I'm saying that either option was acceptable for the Lions. But right, right. if we're following the quantitative analysis, if something is saying 0.3% better, it's, it's just better. You would... If someone gave you a button and said you have a zero point... You can increase your chance to win by... 0.3%, you can hit it or not hit it. Of course you would hit it. Will it matter? Probably, probably, that's probably not going to be the difference in the game, but it could be. Or, you know, I mean, every, I think that, you know, the analogy I used was like, if someone offered you a $100,000 salary or $100,000 and $300,000 salary, what do you take? Or like my colleague said, like, if you're sick and you're offered two treatments, one as a, uh, 50% chance to work and one is a 50.3% chance to work. And, and the doctor's saying, and these are the, this is the truth, right? Like these are the two numbers. What are you choosing? So uh, I think there's a lot of, it's okay. Like it, there, these are, this is a complicated question. It's good to talk about it. Um, it. But there are some, some arguments that I think, I think fall flat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite one was that uh, data scientists are making more in the NFL than they yeah. are on Amazon. That was a fun one. That was a personal favorite. That's just me. Uh, I say that people need to get out more. Uh, Seth Walter, ESPN, uh, appreciate your time as always, sir. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up here fairly soon down the road. 
Craig, if I can just correct you on one thing, I'm just I'm not the head of our analytics group. I don't want to I don't want to put that out there. Okay. Brian Burns does our does our our fourth down models, and I'm just the face of uh, just the face of the team. But uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of hard working folks that I work with. Absolutely, no, Absolutely. I appreciate that a lot. Thanks, man. Thank you.